Amen. Thank you, Steve. Good morning, everyone. How you doing? Feel like the little Beach Boys music up here, and I'm just going to lounge over here, and you guys have a good morning. Um, we had a wonderful week of VBS where over 70 volunteers um, reached out to over 130 kids, uh, encouraging them to make waves for the gospel. And that is what I'd like us to talk about today as we gather here in this space as Christians, as brothers and sisters. What does it mean to be a Christian and to make waves for the gospel? Would you pray with me today? Almighty God, we give you thanks and praise this morning. We ask that you would fill this, this place with your presence, with your spirit, that you would teach us through your word, that you would give us comfort, or maybe that you would just push us a little bit this morning, that we might truly be your church, be your people who are going out to make disciples for Jesus in this world. It's in your name I pray. Amen. We tend to believe that when we become a Christian, the waves of our lives are supposed to get calmed and it's supposed to be smooth sailing. That is kind of the, the general feel of Christianity, that if you come before God, God is going to make your life better, right? And by better, we think that that's going to make it easier or smoother. But it's actually quite the opposite, when you and I received salvation from Christ and we submitted to Him as Lord of our lives, we're actually signing up for a life of storms, a life of waves. And many of these waves are because we are a Christian. In fact, it is tough to find anybody in Scripture whose life doesn't get more tumultuous when they started following God. As a Christian, we are living a life of waves. And it's not just the waves of the things that happen to us, but I want to uh, suggest to you today that we are actually supposed to cause waves as Christians in the lives of people. So I want us to look at a couple different people in Scripture who are wave makers. Briefly, let's just quickly look at Peter. If, if you're familiar with the story where Peter walked on water, um, I, I want you to see this because it, it, to me it's fascinating. Jesus, the disciples were out in the middle of the night on the Sea of Galilee and they were trying to get to the other shore and a storm came in and they were rowing and rowing and rowing and they couldn't push past, past the storm. Jesus saw them from up on, on a hill and in the middle of the night he walked out to them on the water, right? And it's not like it's calm sailing. A lot of times you can picture Jesus walking on water where it's really smooth and it's flat. And no, the, the waves were moving, the wind was blowing, and Jesus was walking up and down. He's surfing without a board, right? And he goes out to them, and, and Peter says, hey, Jesus, if this is you, call my name and, and I'll come out and walk on the water with you. And Jesus calls Peter, and Peter comes out on the water. Do you realize that Jesus doesn't calm the waves before, Jesus, or before Peter walks on the water. It's not until after the whole event when Peter and Jesus get back in the boat, then the waves calm. But he says, Peter, if you want to walk with me, we're going to be walking on waves. Life will be up and down, but with me, you won't be in the water being crushed by the waves. You'll be walking on top of them. Peter, you're going to be a wave maker. So let's look at Paul, who's also a wave maker, maybe one of the greatest wave makers in Christian history. 
In the scripture that Steve just read, we hear this. It says, immediately, this is Paul, after he was able to receive his sight, he says, immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, he is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed. And they said, is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem? Let me put today's paraphrase in there. Was not this the man who made waves in Jerusalem against those who invoked his name? Paul was someone that in his life, naturally, he made waves. And he made a lot of waves, hard waves for the life of Christians. But then he met Jesus. And Jesus didn't ask him to, hey, follow me and your life is going to be great. He goes, follow me. I need you to be a wave maker. And instead of making waves against my kingdom, I want you to make waves for my kingdom. And that's what Paul did the rest of his life. It was not smooth sailing with Paul. It was hard, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But I want you to see the result of Paul being a wave maker. He basically wrote the Magna Carta of the Christian faith outside of the Gospels. He wrote 13 books of the Bible in the New Testament. He planted at least 17 churches. He is the most quoted person in history. Paul made huge waves. If you're familiar with Tom Holland, he's a British author, historian, and atheist. And recently, this is what he said of Paul as he studied the world and the Christian church. He goes, I think of Paul as kind of a depth charge deep in the foundations of the classical world. And then you start feeling the rippling outwards from this depth charge. And by the time you get to the 11th century in Latin Christendom, everything has changed because of Paul. I think essentially what Paul's significance is, is that he set up ripple effects of revolution throughout the Western history. It spilled out so much that now in the 21st century, we don't even realize where these ripple effects are coming from. We take them for granted. Here is an atheist who is looking at the world he's in, and he says, the world I'm in is actually profoundly shaped by Paul, who is a wave maker. Now, you might be saying, yes, that's all well and good. Well, Paul, he's one of the greats, right? I'm not Paul. You're right, you're not Paul. I'm not Paul. But I don't think Paul set out to be Paul. I think Paul set out to follow Jesus. Day by day, step by step, wave by wave. And when you do that, big things happen. The world that you live in can be changed forever, eternally, because you are willing to follow Christ and be a wave maker. So what does it mean to be a wave maker? What does it mean? I'm not saying that we should be contrary people or argumentative people, that we should be starting fights with people. No, I'm not talking about that. Being a wave maker means that you're preaching the gospel. You're preaching that Jesus is the Son of God and using words if necessary. It's easy to say, well, Paul, yes, he, he was a preacher. He, he planted churches. Of course he'd be a wave maker. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. Guess what? You're all preachers. You're all pastors. You're all ministers of the gospel. Your call is to preach the gospel wherever you're at. Being a wave maker is sharing truth and love. 
It means that you're going to be a peacemaker and a wave rider. It means standing up for the justice of God and the lives of others while laying down your own right of justice in favor of forgiveness and mercy. Being a Christian means that we will bring both comfort and maybe even affliction in the lives of those around us. And I mean, when I say affliction, I mean that we will get people uncomfortable who are too comfortable, if that makes sense. Being a wave maker, more than anything, means that you are spirit-led. We just heard the last two weeks from Melita and from Sylvester about the life in the spirit of a Christian. And to be a wave maker more than anything else means that you are a spirit-led Christian. That you let the spirit come into your life and that you let the spirit move you. The Bible talks all the time about the spirit being like a wind. And this wind blows across the seas of humanity. And if you've ever been around a body of water, you know when it gets windy over water, it creates what? Waves. If we are truly spirit-led Christians, waves are going to happen everywhere we go. We are called to be wave makers. But for a lot of us, that makes us uncomfortable. For a lot of us, we like the peace and the calm. We like to just sit by the beach and watch the waves, not be in the waves. For some of us, we've been in the waves so long that you just want it to be peace and and quiet and calm, and and you need that. And guess what? Jesus will bring that to you as well. But I, I think there are big reasons why we don't make waves. And if you'll permit me in this next few minutes, in the next few minutes, I'm going to actually try to make waves in your life. If you are someone who is sitting out there and maybe you've gotten a little bit too comfortable, I'm going to maybe have the Spirit pour some waves of grace and maybe some waves of conviction over you. I want to give you some reasons here of why you might not be making waves when you should be making waves. The first one is you're just afraid. This is a big one. You're afraid of being hurt or being rejected or being made fun of, or being canceled because you're a Christian. Because you're, you'd be an outspoken Christian. It's much easier to be a Christian in the quiet, in your own home, maybe when you come to church, but out there in your job, out there on social media, out there in the world, it can be scary to be a Christian. In fact, it is becoming more and more unpopular to be a Christian these days, isn't it? Being a bold Christian means that you're going to make waves, not just for others, but make waves in your own life. Here is Paul speaking of the waves that he's had to go through both figuratively and literally. He says, I've been in prison more frequently, I've been flogged more severely, and I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, and once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. 
I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and I have been naked. I don't know about you, but I don't want to sign up for that, right? I mean, how many times was Paul beaten almost to the point of death? How, how often was Paul alone, rejected, humiliated, because he chose to preach the gospel? He chose to be a bold wave maker, and because of that, life was not anywhere close to easy, right? And, and I wonder how many times in these situations where Paul was afraid, where he knew if he was going to go and help this person or if he was going to stand on this corner and preach the gospel, that he knew that he'd be put in prison or that he'd be beaten or they'd be cast out of the city. And he knew if, if I stand up here and if I say that Jesus is the Son of God, if he is the way, the truth, and the life, if he is the Messiah, then this is what's going to happen to me. And my guess is Paul was afraid. But he allowed himself to be spirit-led. And he preached anyway. And he loved anyway. He built churches anyway. My friends, the reality is this. If you follow Christ, you will have waves in your life. You will have people not like you because you are a Christian. Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 19, it says, If you were of the world, this is Jesus speaking, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of this world, but I chose you out of this world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. You cannot live your life as a Christian without persecution. If you are living your life that way, you're not doing it right. They persecuted and hated Jesus. They will persecute and hate us as well. Means that to be bold wave makers, we are going to make people uncomfortable. People are not going to necessarily want to be around us. People are not going to like us. We are going to be persecuted and hated. Friends, we are not better than our master Jesus. Jesus was persecuted and so will we. The problem is we are too afraid of it. We're like the disciples who ran away in the garden when Jesus was going to be crucified. But we need to come, we need to come back. We need to follow Jesus. We need to be spirit-led in the midst of trial and persecution. It's hard. Friends, I know that 
as I'm in a kind of a unique position as a paid professional Christian, right? So I'm a pastor. I work at a church. So you, you know how people are when we introduce each other. When, we, when you come and meet someone new, they'll tend to ask you, so what do you do? Where do you work, right? And I say, well, I work at a church. I'm a pastor. And I know that when I walk into a room, when I meet somebody new, when I say that I am a pastor, that evokes some, something in someone that I know that I'm either going to be their friend or at least they're going to be wary of me. If not, I'm actually going to be their foe because of who I represent, right? Some people are like, oh, you're a pastor. That's great. That's good. Other people are like, oh, all right, take a step back. I don't have the luxury to hide as much as a lot of you do. When someone asks you what you do, you don't say, well, I'm a Christian. You say, this is where I work, right? Yet I think we're supposed to be more bold than that. And if you're someone who you, if you actually were honest with your life, you're like, you know what, I've kind of been hiding the fact that I'm a Christian. I mean, if someone directly asked me, I'll say it, right? But I'm not going like, to like put that out there. If you are someone who's kind of been hiding that, I encourage you, I want to encourage you this morning to step up and be bold and be willing to make ways for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Too often, I think, the church has been too, too meek and, and just too in the shadows instead of boldly saying, we are Christians, we follow Jesus Christ, he is the Messiah, the Son of God, he has saved my life and he'll save yours too. Have you ever wondered why Jesus was persecuted? Why we as Christians are persecuted? If you think about it, Jesus wasn't crucified because he was a good man or because he was a good prophet or because he healed people. He wasn't crucified because he broke the Jewish oral tradition. He was crucified because he said he was God. That's a big thing, right? I mean, you think about the Christian message, and we, we, we preach a message of love and forgiveness and grace, right? Who wouldn't want that? But it's the other half where we preach Jesus as Lord, as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, that he is God. And the reason why this is so offensive to people, because if Jesus is God, then I am not then you are not, then the world is not. If Jesus is God, then I am not my own authority on my own life. That there's someone above me that sets right and wrong. We are persecuted, friends, because we preach the gospel of grace, or not because we preach the gospel of grace and forgiveness, or the message of salvation, but we preach that Jesus is Lord, and that's what makes waves. So the number one reason why we don't make waves as a Christian is because we're afraid. For the last two weeks, we heard in the life of grace that his, God's grace is sufficient for us in the midst of those waves, and we heard that the spirit that we have received is not a spirit of, of fear, but of power through adoption. Friends, don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. The world needs you to make waves. 
we'll get to. The second reason why we don't make waves is we don't feel that we're equipped. We don't feel that we're equipped. Paul, when he was visited by Jesus on the road to Damascus, he lost his sight and spent three days blind and all of a sudden the, the scales came off. And it says that immediately he went and started preaching in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Immediately. He did not wait to make sure all the other Christians knew that he was on their side. He didn't go and apologize to anybody or make amends. He didn't get his life in order. Paul even says that he was the chief of sinners. His life was messed up. But it didn't stop him from going and preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with those around him. Immediately. It, you, God will equip you. If you don't feel equipped, it has nothing to do with you being equipped. It's about you being obedient and, and going where God says to go. He will give you what you need. Again, I'm going to try to, if you allow me to make waves in your life, if you are someone who has not been going out and serving and loving and preaching the gospel the way you should be, have you just been making excuses saying, well, I just don't know enough Bible? I, I, I'm, who am I? Have you seen my life and how messed up it is? Who am I to go and share the gospel? I don't know where you're at. I don't know your life story, but are, if you looked at your life, are you making excuses? for why you're not going out and making waves. I encourage you to stop making excuses and just go and be bold. The third reason why we don't make waves is we just don't know where to start. Yeah, I hear you, Michael. It sounds good and I'm willing to do it, but I don't even know where to start. I don't even know how to begin. My answer to you is simply this. Let the Spirit lead you. Because here's the thing. Really, this is the thing, is you won't actually make any waves yourself. It is the Spirit of God that does the wave making. You just have to give the Spirit permission to, to ride in your life, and you actually are riding the Spirit's wave in your life. Does that make sense? You don't have to make a, draw up a whole plan or anything like that and say, Spirit, lead me today. I don't even know where you want me to go, who you want me to talk to, but today I want to be riding your waves today instead of running from them or hiding from them. Let me be bold. Let me have the courage to stand on top of the waves and go surfing in to the shore and let's make some waves together. It could be as simple as just a random conversation you have at a gas station or in a grocery store. It could be your boss coming in and all of a sudden just sharing something that instead of you just brushing off, you, you say, hey, well, how are you really doing with that? Can I pray for you? I don't know where the Spirit will lead you, but that's where you start. By saying, Holy Spirit, I'm going to submit to your leading today. Fourth one. The last one that I'll talk about today is reasons why we don't share the gospel, and that is that we have our eyes fixed on the things of this world instead of having our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. When our eyes, when our focus is not fixed on Jesus, we tend to put our energy towards the world, towards things that pass away instead of on heavenly, eternal things. Let me give you an example 
of kind of what I'm talking about. Yesterday, my family and I, we were in Springfield, um, and they were having a Paint the Street event where a bunch of people gathered, just crowds gathered, and we all sorts of different squares on the street were marked out, and people just painted beautiful artwork all over the, the streets in downtown Springfield yesterday. So I was there with my daughters and my wife, and I, I'm not a painter. I don't like painting, but I was there, willing participant, and so we were painting the street, and we had a beautiful sky and rolling grass hills, and my daughter wanted a castle on it, so she drew a castle, and um, then with that, there was floating lanterns in the sky they drew, and a beautiful field of daisies and some butterflies. It was beautiful. And it was wonderful. We had a great day. We had dinner and we started driving home. You guys were alive yesterday, I think. You know what happened last night. We are driving home in, talking about making waves, right, in this torrential downpour. And the girls, as they were driving home, they figured out, they're like, oh, our painting is all being washed away. And tears began to come in their eyes, right? Because what they had just worked so hard on and was so beautiful is now just getting washed away just a couple hours later. Friends, that's, that's our life when we strive for things of this world. We're striving for things that are temporary, that are going to pass away, that the storms of this life are going to come through and just wipe it all away. As Christians, we are different. As Christians, we are supposed to be different. We are supposed to set our mind on eternal things. Things that won't change, things that won't wipe away, things that won't erode. And this perspective is the driving force of all that we do. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, to fix our eyes, not what is, uh, to fix our, let me start over. So we fix our eyes not, what, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Friends, we have eternal work that needs to be done. Eternal work. Which means work that will last on past this world. When we fix our eyes on this world and on things that pass away, you know what one of the first things that happens is? We begin to see people as enemies. Not everybody, but we don't see people as eternal, uh, possibly eternal beings who should come to know Jesus Christ and have eternity in heaven. We come to see people as, oh, I don't like that person. Oh, I don't like this person. I don't need to be gracious over here. I don't need to preach the gospel over here. That's what Jonah did. But when we fix our eyes on Jesus, all of a sudden we have an eternal picture for every person that we encounter. And friends, as Christians, we should be seeking to make heaven full with our friends, with our family, with those who annoy us, and those who hate us. We should be preaching the gospel, making waves to all of the above. And this, my friends, is why we need to make waves. Why it is so important that we need to make waves. Why? Because Jesus is the one. 
Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the answer to all our questions. He is the hope in our despair. He is the freedom in our slavery. He is our peace in our strife. And he is our life in our death. He is what the world so desperately needs, yet so fiercely rejects. This could be your friend, your coworker, your daughter, your parent. You all know people who, who possibly don't know Jesus, and without some of your waves coming in, without maybe an uncomfortable conversation, a deep question, or an act of costly and sacrificial love, they might not ever know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So don't be timid, but be bold. Be wave makers for the kingdom of God. Have you ever noticed that so many people, they're just people in general, that we can be so loyal to the things that are destructive to us? We can be so loyal to the things that are destructive to us, and sometimes it, what it really takes to get our attention is a wave crashing over us, water on our faces, eyes having to open. If you've ever been in the ocean and you're, and you're there and everything's calm and then a big wave comes and all of a sudden hits you, it kind of wakes you up. And for a lot of people, they need that wave to crash over them. And if it's not that wave crashing over them, it might not be enough to get them to stop being loyal to the things that, they're that are destructive to them. They might not see or realize that they actually do need Jesus. We're taught that we shouldn't talk about religion, that talking about our faith is taboo. But if that's the case, who really wins in that scenario? I would rather be a bold wave maker than maybe even make someone uncomfortable or maybe someone not like me for a time than for me not to share Jesus Christ with somebody. Because we're talking about eternity. I mean, what if Paul didn't make waves? What if he wasn't spirit-led? What if he was too afraid? What about all that he did would be gone, right? Friends, it is time for you and I to be wave makers. And you don't have to be Paul. You need to be you. God has used anybody and everybody to make waves for his kingdom. Kings, peasants, slaves, imprisoned, free people, doctors, lawyers, yes, even lawyers, Teachers, nurses, janitors, stay-at-home moms. It doesn't matter who you are. God has called you as Christians to be a wave maker. To change the world around you for the kingdom of God for all of eternity's sake. Will you join me in being bold as Calvary can be bold in this community to be wave makers for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Amen. Amen. Would you please stand as we continue in worship?